Hello and welcome to another episode of Cheeky Scientist News. Today's show should really be called the Resume and Cover Letter Show. I'm gonna talk about the three main types of resumes that you should focus on as a PhD, okay? Or really any advanced degree that you have. These three are the most important. The reverse chronological, the functional, and the combination. Now I have a lot of people ask me about the functional resume. They get very concerned that some recruiters, some employers, don't like the functional. The functional resume is not for a person. The functional resume is to get through today's ATS systems and AI systems. I'm going to talk a lot more about this today, so pay attention if you're not hearing back enough with your current resume. All right, so there's a, there's a great article in Indeed, functional resume, definition, tips, and examples to get started. Now, why am I starting with the functional? Because of the three types, two of them require you to understand how to use the functional resume. The top three resume templates that you have to know if you have a PhD, if you're at that level trying to get a job in industry are the reverse chronological, which we already know, right? You write your CV, it's in chronological order. What most PhDs have a hard time with is actually getting rid of dates and organizing things by function or skills by turning their CV into a marketing document, which is what a resume is. And it's certainly what a functional resume is. Let me take a step back here and tell you what you're doing with employers. You're in a kind of arms race with employers. If you've ever uploaded a resume to a job posting where they've asked you for your salary expectations, okay, what did you do in that scenario? You probably tried to put in zero, an asterisk, leave it empty, or you should have. If you didn't, they're just using that to screen you out, right? So you used to be able to leave it blank, and then employers started requiring you to put something in there, right? So we used to put asterisks in there or something that's not a number. Then they started requiring you to put a number, and then we started putting zero. And then they started requiring you to put a certain number of, uh, a number of digits, right? So you have to say 80,000 to 100,000. You have to give some sort of range. That's what I mean by an arms race. We're trying to get by these filtering systems so you can talk to an actual person. Same thing with the resume today. If, you just are, if you're a, a PhD, certainly if you're coming out of academia, and you're just putting your resume into the ATS system, the AI, right? That's chronological order with your dates that make no sense because you're coming out of academia, right? With your title, your academic titles that don't match the job posting, you're automatically screened out, no questions asked. So the functional resume is to prevent that. So what does the functional resume look like? It's written about ad nauseum. You need to know this. If you don't, you're just hamstringing yourself in your job search. So what is a functional resume? It's a resume that primarily showcases a candidate's skills as opposed to the reverse chronological resume that organizes a candidate's experience under their previously or currently held professional jobs, right? In order of recency, the functional resume groups a candidate's experience under skills or categories of skills. Okay, so the reverse chronological lists work experience from newest to oldest. The combination, which is in the name, combination of the functional with the reverse chronological is a mix of chronological and functional resumes that results in the, the combination resume. Okay, so what do you do with the functional resume? Like all resumes, you should start with a professional summary, your three biggest career highlights. Uh, include your contact information, group your skills, list the professional experience you don't have. Right here. A lot of people have a hard time with this. List the professional experience you don't have so you can get through the ATS system. So if you want to be a user experience researcher, you put user experience researcher skills. Okay, it's key tenet of the functional format. You still list your education and everything else. Um, when it comes to these different types of resume templates, it's really important to understand that it's very useful, the functional resume template, for getting into a new career, 
changing sectors, or certainly your first career after academia. This is another article I like. Five common questions freshers ask about their resumes from the Economic Times, okay? So it says, given the impact it leaves on hiring managers, job seekers spend hours drafting their resumes, but most of them don't know the most common templates. What are they? Question number one, right? Which resume format should I use? The reverse chronological, the functional, the combination. Those are the three templates you have to know. Okay, so it talks about the reverse chronological is preferred if you're giving it directly to a human because humans want to see dates, but you don't have to do that. When you're uploading it to the ATS system, strip the dates because dates can only hurt you. Resume filtering systems are filtering tools. They're not selection tools. They're screening you out. They're not looking for the best resume. So if you have a gap on your resume that's even a month long, they're gonna screen you out. You have crossover dates. If your dates are too old, if they're too young, right, too new, all of them, you're screened out. If you, again, have the, the job titles right under work experience section that are not the job titles on the job posting, you're automatically screened out. Um, so this talks about, you know, if you have a few part-time or, or gig jobs, what resume should you use? The functional. Um, should you use graphics and visuals on your resume? No. Anything personal? No. But again, those three resume types are listed over and over again, okay? When to use a functional resume instead of a traditional one, okay? Three reasons, we've been talking about them. A recent graduate lacking work experience, as many of us getting out of our, our PhD or even leaving your, your postdoc or similar, postgraduate work, faculty position. Switching sectors, okay? So if you're switching sectors in industry, you're going from something you've never done before, you, you don't have the experience. If you've held a variety of titles with little relevance to each other, right? Or if you're uh, if you have a lot of gaps on your resume. The functional is the only solution, right? So learning the functional resume is gonna be very important to you. Use the functional, get through the ATS system, and then when the employer gets back to you, say I've recently updated my resume with some more skills, and I made it in chronological order as well, and then hand it off. You can even take a functional resume, slap on some dates, even if they span a 10-year period, that's called a hybrid resume now, and you can submit that to the employer when you get it in front of a person. I've been doing this for a decade now, Okay, I have a lot of people that are, are well-meaning PhDs trying to do the right thing, but they hear from one employer, oh my God, I hate the functional resume. Of course they hate the functional resume. You're in that arms race. You're trying to get your resume through so you're actually talking to a person. You would not be talking to that person if your resume hadn't gotten through. Use the functional resume to get through the ATS system. Then you can give them a resume with your dates. It's easy to make that, that fix afterwards. It's easy to add dates afterwards. The combination resume has both. I recommend the combination resume when you have industry experience before getting your PhD. This is a nice comprehensive article. Uh, by the way, this, this last article that I mentioned was by uh, Lindsay Elfson, when to use a functional resume instead of a tradi traditional one. So if you want to check out that article, it's in Lifehacker. Uh, this one is in Money. It's just money.com. They have a lot of great articles on job searching. I really recommend, and they're robust. This one's called How to Write a Resume. So if you're looking for, right, uh, really the, the essential, the base essentials, this is it. So understand the different types. You guessed it, reverse chronological, functional, and combination are listed again. Um, keep the font size between 10 and 12 point font. I recommend don't go below 11. Some of the ATS systems have a hard time reading that. Page margins, nice and healthy, one to 1.5 inches. Stick to 1.5 line spacing. Single spacing would be the smallest. 
you can only use one other type of font, like if you wanna make the headings a little bit bigger, it says 14 point font with bold, just a lot of very specific information in here. All right, so what do you see here? You probably can't see it, but chronological, functional, and then combination. They have a graphic design resume, which is not gonna get through ATS, but if you're doing something in graphics, you, you could do a, uh, one that has some graphics on it once you get in touch with an actual employer. Resume length, two pages at the most, two pages at the most, crucial. Uh, write a compelling resume summary, your three biggest career highlights, every bullet point should have a transferable skill, niche experience, and a quantified result. Okay, and then it talks about adding keywords and skills that are ATS friendly. A good, the good uh, density to go by, right? An average resume is about 550 words. You want the keyword density of, of these keywords to be 0.5 to 2%, 0.5 to 2%. So that's a, a two word keyword, like uh, analysis skills, right? Or, or uh, let's say analytical chromatography or, or something similar, right? You would take that two word, use it twice. That makes four words divided by 550. The total words on the resume equals like 0.7%. Okay, that's what you're looking for. Um, list your relevant work experiences, educations, et cetera. And you want to include hobbies. A lot of these ATS systems are putting in databases of hobbies. They want people that are not gonna be competing with AI. People that can speak to each other around the proverbial water cooler where they can create a sense of culture. Hobbies are becoming more and more important. Seven ways to address multiple job changes. So a lot of people have this concern. They left the job after six months. They have gaps on their resume. They took some uh, personal leave or, or leave to take care of their kids. Uh, this is a really good article. Uh, it's in Make Use Of. And it's by Shriya Deshpande. Right, so it talks about crafting a strong summary, of course, and then, you guessed it, choose a different resume format. Which one? The functional resume. Only way to address having multiple jobs, changing careers a lot, gaps on your resume. No other way to do it. You have to learn how to do this. And, and it talks about merging similar roles. So the, the beautiful part of the functional resume is that under the work experience section, you could say something like XYZ skills gained as this job title at this, this company and in this job title at this other company and in this job title at this other organization university, right? So you can group all of them together because you're grouping by skills. That's the power of the functional format and why it will get you through the ATS system. Why are you uploading your resumes and not hearing back? What a waste of time. Put it in the functional format. You'll hear back and then you can give them a resume with dates slapped on it. Easy to do. How to make your professional resume stand out. This is in the ladders. All right, choosing the best format again, the functional format, chronological combination. Be consistent. That's a big thing too. Don't have two different types of bullet points, two different indentations of bullet points. It talks about this. Um, it says refresh, try new things every so often. We see headlines at the top of resumes working really well, a three to eight word headline. At the top of your resume, something like uh, expert biomedical researcher and uh, friendly project manager. Something like that. Usually something that's a bit more niche-based combined with something that's a bit more transferable. It's, it's really a unique selling proposition. Same, same kind of structure, right? User experience researcher and cross-functional collaborator. Something like that works really well for getting through today's AI systems. Okay, I want to switch gears to a cover letter. Same thing here. A lot of people are still using the three-paragraph essay, the outdated 
long form cover letters, I want you to consider a T-shaped or T-format cover letter. This is another article by Indeed on how to write a T-shaped cover letter. Very common, but sometimes because we come out of academia for many of us or we've never used something before, we don't want to do it. I highly recommend this. Um, you want to take notes from the job posting, find the hiring manager's name. I'm going to come back to this a few times. You got to make it out to a hiring manager, even if you're doing your best guess out of 10 hiring managers at a particular location. You got to have a name. You got to have a name in the first paragraph too. Have to have it. Somebody you're talking to at the company, somebody that you connected with on LinkedIn at the company, drop their name. You don't have to say this person gave you a referral. You can say, I had a conversation with XYZ on LinkedIn and realized that was the perfect fit for this job. Or I recently connected with XYZ, your senior job title, right, at your company and realized that this company was the perfect fit for me as I dug in and did more research. And that's why I'm applying to this specific job at your company where I really want to work. First paragraph has to have that in it. But then the second paragraph, what separates the T-shape from the other cover letter types is that you draw and fill in your T-chart. So you have a T. And I actually pulled an example from a university, no less, in Chicago showing what a T-format cover letter looks like. Right, so it's one page, contact info, still the same, short paragraph at the top, T format. I don't like putting any horizontal lines anymore because the ATS system can't read past it very well. And then a, a, a paragraph at the end. I'll tell you what to put in that last paragraph. Tell the company why you want to work at their company specifically. Mention their culture, their values, their mission statement, their brand promise, their, their products and services, what they sell them for. Show them they have some business acumen. Okay, so there's another, this is money.com again, comprehensive article on writing a cover letter this time. So if you grab these two articles, how to write a cover letter, how to write a resume on money.com, I, I think they're very comprehensive. They did a great job. If you're just starting your job search, uh, I, I would definitely check these out. Um, when it comes to writing a cover letter to get noticed, I love this article in the Harvard Business Review. Highly recommend reading this. Uh, Eleni Mata published it. And what it talks about is making one page, of course, and then again, I've been talking about this already, do research, find a name. You have to make the cover letter out to a person. If you can't find them, find the best person. Always do a filter search on LinkedIn. So go to the company's page, search people, like everybody who works there, you can see everybody who works there. Do a filtered search for hiring manager, talent acquisition specialist, recruiter, et cetera. And then do a search at the location where you're gonna be working. If it's remote or hybrid, find the best that you can for your department, okay? Then find one person, Jane Smith, and make it out to Jane Smith and team. So if it's not Jane Smith, it's okay. She's not gonna throw it away and be mad. She's gonna give it to the person that's sitting next to her or whoever uh, is in charge of that job, okay? Um, it also talks about getting in touch with somebody at the company beforehand. Mention that you're connected with somebody at the company. Drop another name in that first paragraph. Start strong, emphasize your value. You gotta talk about what you're gonna to bring to the company, that you're specifically applying to that position at that company and why you wanna work at that company over anywhere else, why you want that position over any other position. And then, I, I like this, it seems so simple, but convey enthusiasm, not desperation. A lot of us don't go too hard into why we wanna really work at that company in that position, why it's the perfect fit for us. I've had so many conversations with PhDs who say, do I really say perfect? Do I really say I'm the perfect fit? Like that's too much. How can you be the perfect fit? You're pitching yourself. It's a persuasive marketing document. The cover letter is a marketing document too. So make sure that you're doing those things. And then again, another article in Skills Roads called It's All About the T, The New Rules for Creating a Cover Letter. 
You gotta use the T format cover letter. You gotta use the functional resume if you wanna get your resume through today's ATS screening systems, the applicant tracking system software, the AI, tougher than ever before. Slap some dates on there, right? Going back to the previous example saying, okay, I have ABC skills gained at, you know, gained in this job title at this company and this job title at this company and this job title at this company. You can have up to four, right? You grouping them together by the skills. And then so let's say a human being contacts you and says, we'd love to have an interview. Send that same resume back, but with some dates slapped on it. So across those three different job titles that I just mentioned in that example, you'd say, okay, I gained those from 2010 to 2013. That's a hybrid resume. You don't have to go back and recreate the whole thing in the, the classical reverse chronological resume. You can just make it a hybrid resume. So what is a T cover letter? It talks about how you format it. It has another great example here, really small, of how to structure that T. You can see the T formed with the lines here, but again, I would get rid of that horizontal line because the ATS system can't read it. This takes us to the end of today's new show. As always, stay current and keep moving forward in your career.